Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A future leader, Luke's eye for design is a game changer to work with. His leadership was amazing for a man in his first business and he's an all-round operator. Luke's knowledge of marketplace is on world level and he has an all ability to be a game changer when it comes to bringing a product to market. A valued friend and definitely one to keep a close eye on. That is just one of the many recommendations that Luke has on LinkedIn from a good friend of his, Connor. Luke Mackey, you're very welcome to the Scaling Your Business podcast. Hey, thank you very much. And that's a it's one of the that's probably the best recommendation I've ever received. And that's from our head of sales at Bamboo, Connor, who could talk and say many, many great things about him stuff. Excellent, excellent. Well, I want to dive into uh, well, I don't want to. I, I've already dived in and, and done a bit of background search on it, and I want to ask a couple of questions around that. But let's go back a couple of chapters. You went to secondary school in Monkstown. After the leaving cert, you went to NCI to do a degree in marketing, and one of your first jobs on LinkedIn is a sales rep in Carphone Warehouse. I'm curious to know, being in sales myself, what did the sales role teach you yeah so i think uh, uh, thanks for thanks for looking so far back <laughs> feels crazy yeah and so yeah i i when i was in secondary school i actually wanted to be a pilot for most of my life i i, mm. I never thought i was going to go into uh into business even though I, I i liked business and i've always like kind of delved into different parts of it whether it's selling bike parts or um or, or literally just starting like or, or, or selling christmas trees as a kid and I, I, but I, my, that was all kind of with the end goal of trying to be actually fly planes for a living, um, which is mad. So when I was in school, uh, when I was in school, I kind of never really thought as a leaving cert as a, as a means to an end because I couldn't become a pilot from a leaving cert. So I always uh, thought of kind of like how I, how, how I was the back door into becoming a pilot. So I, was, I, um, I, tried to, I tried to go into the Air Corps and long story short, it didn't, it didn't make it in the end. So I kind of jumped on the leaving cert last minute and was like, okay, I need to figure out a way to what does it look like outside of this? Um, so yeah, so I got into NCI and I, I picked a course, which was, uh, I could have gone a bit broader. I could have gone directly into business or I could have gone uh, into marketing. I chose marketing because it was a little bit more narrow. Um, and, uh, it was actually the first time I was in academics and I really, really enjoyed what I was doing. Um, I was actually, I was probably at the, one of the highest attendances in, the, in that class. I just went in because I enjoyed it. I liked the lectures. It was really practical. They were actually working on, on companies that were real life companies who came in and said, okay, we have this problem we want you to try and solve. And I was like, Jesus, this is amazing. Um, so that was, Carphone Warehouse was, was, was essentially a college job while I was, while I was in, uh, while, while, while I was going through marketing. Um, I think I did that for a year and a bit. And I think there I realized, and it was just, it was just essentially, it was just people walk in, they're looking for a phone. Um, you, I had a bit of an interest in tech myself, so I had an interest in, in, the, in the devices that I was selling, um, and I was I delved into what kind of how they'd use your phone. It was pretty simple. It was, and all it was was just getting along with someone and being able to, able to have a conversation and understand their need. And that was basically what sales is. Um, like most of sales, ninety percent of sales is being able to actually understand the person you're sitting in front of, and uh, and um, get to let get to know them on, on a human level if you can understand them and they can understand you you gain trust and it's a lot easier to sell um as long as you're trying to solve their problem then there, there's going to be a transaction 
and if you can solve the problem then yeah that's great um so that was i, I did I, I did that for a probably i think a year and a bit while i was in college and then while i was in college i also realized that i really enjoy this whole marketing thing and um i was i was uh i had a friend who was also he, he was also on the other side of it he was more on the creative side of marketing and i was kind of more on the on, on the actual ideas and trying to uh like come up kind of the more transactional i suppose mm -hmm. out of it was like okay how do you turn this idea into actually sales and roi um so we both kind of looked at okay well, we had all these different friends and things that were in different industries that uh, were in hospitality for example and we saw a lot of them just really bad at like social media and really bad at uh, their websites and really bad at instagram and, and, and what at that time was snapchat as well and we looked at maybe kind of coming in and, and providing a service there and we tested it with a few small cafes and friends who had cafes and um, just pitched like cold to, to people as well. And we started to build up a little bit of a business from that. Um, we then went from just doing kind of managing a social media side of for, for restaurants and cafes all the way up to doing full bone promo videos for some of the biggest marketing companies in, in, in Dublin. And kind of, we had this kind of complex about around us where like, okay, there's no way that they're going to come back again. That what we've just built is just, what we've just done is, is, is not good enough. And, uh, we we like we were rushed to do it, and then sometimes it was just people. It was agencies who come to us like, "Hey, we have this video to do. We don't have the time to do it ourselves. Are you able to put this together? We'll give you two grand to do it." Um, and you just know the contract there. Almost just way way was much larger, and they're just using it, spending a fraction of that to get some of the small stuff done. We're like, "Oh yeah, absolutely, two grand sounds great. We can do a lot with that." And two college students at the same time is like, "All right, how are we can do this." And um, we 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 do it. We get it done. We we pull it back. There's like no, there's no comments or anything. This is great. Cheers, thanks a lot. And they just it's they come back again. We're like, okay, there's actually a business here. People are coming back again and again for the service we're providing. Um, so we kind of scaled that up. That was Space Fox. Um, that was uh, again while we were in college. We were in college. We had this. We had this business. I think we had like fifteen ongoing clients. They were kind of like that. Uh, we we're come back again and again for 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 business, and we were man managing socials on the side as well. So we, we built up to a little bit of business, but in in that realm, or in especially when it was on on when you're speaking to people in hospitality, so we're dealing with hotels, full service restaurants, and cafes, and then we had agencies kind of coming in for for creative work all the time. Um, we uh, I, I personally kind of got more and more in, involved in what was happening inside of these restaurants and talking to these entrepreneurs and understanding their problems and. Um, I was also just becoming a busier human myself. I was in college and I was also had this, this, this thing on the side and that's where my attendance in college probably dropped a lot, but um, I enjoyed it. And I think it's, it's when I started drinking coffee and uh, I, I, I kind of realized at that point, okay, there's, there's, there's probably a lot of issues in, in, in the operational sides of running these businesses that could be solved by tech too. Um, so I, I, I go get the, I go to the same coffee shop every morning, get the same coffee. As a, I, I got addicted to it. I would get on the uh, get, get on the train at the college to make it for my first class, and um, I've told the stories hundreds of times. But uh, I would I would I would text the the barista who I knew because we were managing their social. Um, I would text him on the way up. I was like, hey, I'll be there in five minutes. Can you just throw me on a flat white? And um, he would he would he was like, yeah, no problem. And I would have it ready when I walk in and just that, that was my morning ritual i do that over and over again and uh, i think like three or four weeks into that i realized that he was he was giving out he's like now my phone's blowing up every morning i got people texting me or whatsapping me for the morning coffee just so i'm ready it's like seriously like, yeah yeah they've got all these people that just just texting I, I saw it happening so i started seeing the growth of that was actually just coming from uh people seeing me walking in order like how do you do that and everyone's in a very local cafe like everyone's seeing what was going on and it kind of that's from there kind of like hmm, maybe there's a product here like maybe there is an app or something 
that it's not no longer text. So I always have to fix up at the end of the week and pay him for the coffees I was selling like, or, or buying. And uh, it's probably an easier way. <laughs> and that's when I started like mocking up ideas. I wasn't on the design side previously. It was more on actually dealing up into relationship with the client and trying to execute on the idea or what they're trying to do. Um, but uh, I started playing around with like with mock-ups of like what this thing could look like if it was meant to be a product. And I had, like, I was so, I did not have any confidence in my ability, whether this was something that would actually be, be legitimate or real. I was actually kind of afraid to pitch it to people at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was kind of stupid. I was just like, oh, this, no, it, it, gonna be, people are going to think this is too small of a problem to really be solving. And um, yeah, so I, I, when I mocked it up, I actually was able to show to people, and that's a really, really important thing, instead of just standing in front of someone saying, I've got this idea where you press a button on your phone, and when you arrive at a coffee shop, you're probably sitting there waiting for you. And um, when able to actually pull out your phone, and be like, "Hey, look at this! It, this is imagine if you're if you're on your way to work, or you're even shorter in a lunch break, and you a press button on your phone, and have your lunch or coffee sitting there waiting for you, and you actually see the screens and see that it's a legitimate, it's legitimate, it's tangible. Here's it actually actually would work. That's when you feel like, oh yeah, I can see this. This makes sense. And then you show that the, the people who are working in the industry is like, yeah, it makes complete sense. And I can I can picture on the operations side of how it would look for me, or how the screen will come through, or when the coffee comes through, and just trying to understand the logistics of it." um that's uh that's when it kind of became a bit more real and i started um trying to see if how actually if this is something i want to if i want to build or not i started entering uh college startup competitions i think it was in my second year of college at this point i started entering these like competitions where if you win you get like a thousand euro to just no 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 strings attached so you just go and do whatever you want with it which is kind of cool um and not many people were coming in there with like legitimate tangible designs or anything everyone's like ideas like oh, i want to do this thing can you come and help me do this thing when i was coming in and I was able to say, hey, uh, here's what it looks like. And uh, here's some actually, here's some of the clients that I that we've got in the other business and here's what they say about it. Um, and I was able to kind of get really validated from there. So I won a, f- a few of those kind of no strings attached prizes. And uh, I started to think, okay, how am I gonna get this built? And do, do, I, I mean, let's, I, I, at that point, I kind of stepped away from the space box business and I was looking at, okay, this is something, this is, you can build one of those businesses at any point, which is a services business. and um there's lots of them but with a product there's usually a a finite amount of time you actually have to actually go in and build it and and, and win a market Um, and i saw what was happening in the states as well so starbucks had just released their mobile ordering and i think in their first year they had like one percent of their sales or two percent of their sales going through that i think that's substantially more now i think it's around 30 40 percent of their business and i ordered ahead um something crazy like that um but like in 2016 or 2015 when i was thinking about this idea this is where it was um, and that was just because of the onset of mobile, because people were able to, you do, no longer had to like, rely on just having Wi-Fi at the time, being on the go, you had data data plans that allowed you to be able to do this, to change your behavior and have these types of apps that allowed you, allowed you to do it. Um, so I, uh, I started looking around, I started being able to kind of, by putting myself out there and actually kind of bite the bullet and try not to care what everyone thought about me and going and standing up on the stage and pitching this thing. Um, I met more people or more people who were a bit more, who, who thought like me and were, were trying to build things like me. And um, I got introduced to my co-founder at the, um, at the time, it was Alan, Alan Haverty, and met him for a coffee uh, on a Saturday. We were both in college. I think he was in his last year and I was in my last year. And I think we were just like, it was just before Christmas, I think. And um, I sat down and I showed him the mock-ups and all I knew was this guy was was an absolute whiz everything i heard about him he was building something similar in our similar in our in, in the space of local commerce and i was like okay he's either gonna tell me that i'm an idiot and this can't be done or he's gonna go want to do it himself and not do it with me or um or is it or just nothing's gonna come out of this and um 
I, I basically sat down and I was like, okay, here's my chance. I like pitched them properly, but I don't think I said, a, I let him say a word. I just like, I just like put the phone down. I was like, here's how it's going to work. And here's why I think it makes sense. And here's why the timing completely right. And he just, he just looked at me and didn't say anything for about five minutes. And I was, as I was pitching, you know, I was, it was a very one-sided conversation, Ryan. And um, he, he looked up at the end of the, and he just he nodded his head. I was like, hmm, hmm, how has no one done this already? Is basically what he said. That's the best thing he could he, he could he could have come out of his mouth. And I was like, exactly. It's like, um, and from there we 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 did our research. We, we were again we were midway through our half our last year of college, and um, we we spent about six months just getting to know each other and, and sharing like how we build this product or like looking you know, just researching the market and trying to understand um, how we how we could actually win something here. Um, and and we did. So when we both we both finished we both finished college. We decided like let's, let's just let's just go at this and let's just go take a desk out in um, the GEC in in Dublin Eight and just uh, try build a, a prototype and see what we what, how it goes. And yeah, we we went from there. So that was the the inklings of, of bamboo, I suppose. Amazing. One of the reasons I got you on this podcast was I went to Devin Hughes, CEO of Buy Me. You, you, you're, you're aware of who he is. And I said, I'm looking for the top entrepreneurs that you know out there to be a guest on my podcast. And he sent me one name and it was your name. I want to go back to the beginning when you began talking about how you got to where you are today. You referenced being a pilot. I imagine that most kids, I know I did have a dream and you referenced your dream was to be a commercial pilot. Mine was to be a hotel manager, of which I am not a hotel manager. Uh, I, I, I tested it, didn't enjoy it whatsoever. Why a pilot? I think it was just literally one of those things where I latched onto as a kid and whenever I went traveling, it was just this magic of getting in a plane and 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 uh, going from like gray old Dublin to landing in like Malaga or something like that. And like, this is amazing. And like, this, I think it was really enthralled by that. And then as a kid, I just got really into it. So like I was like, I would, I would, I would like buy a flight simulator and use it on like really old, uh, old uh, family computer that just never worked properly. And I would like buy a flight magazine and like read about all the planes. I'm like, oh, Aer Lingus just bought a fleet of seven of A three twenties. I just know everything about anything, everything that was happening in the space. And it was like one of those things that when I get into something, I really got into something. And it was just always in my mind, like, well, I'm not gonna go be go into consulting and. PwC or whatever. I'm I'm gonna be a pilot, or I'm not gonna. I don't want to get into law. I really care about what these guys is, what these guys' goals are. I like I want to be a pilot. That's what I want to do. And that was that was it. Um, but at the same time, I was I was like, I was as I said at the start, I was really into. I was just like by chance, I was like into business, and I was mm. uh, like I, I ran our school canteen or, or, or the sweet side of it at least. And uh, at Christmas, I saw Christmas trees. I mountain biked as a part as as a, as a hobby as a kid when I tried my teenage years and. How I funded that was actually buying and selling mountain bike parts and be able to actually afford to be able to build a bike that, that would go and, and go on the trip every summer with my friend or just go to the go 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 race mountain bikes in, in the Alps and that was all I funded be through me buying and selling things. There was nothing else through it. There was nothing else there that would allow me to do it. So uh, yeah, so I I, I just I, I I was I realized that I had a knack for that, but I never really thought of it as like as a passion or a future. Yeah, the Christmas trees, the sweets, the bikes. You got a history <laughs> of entrepreneurship in your family um maybe yeah like my, my dad was was quite entrepreneurial um in his earlier years and then my 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 mom's i think i get my my hard work for my mom at least my mom was an extremely hard worker she but she worked at a traditional job she worked in the bank for 35 years and she started when she was 18 and just was there until until the day she retired but she worked really really hard i think that's where i definitely got my ethic from um 
yeah i think it, i think there's, a, there's there is probably a mix yeah like especially like my 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 probably my my mom's dad's side he was an entrepreneur he built businesses and uh like was really well renowned in his industry mm. um but yeah i don't know maybe there's maybe there's some dna there nice uh you mentioned on a previous podcast you've already mentioned the alps on this one on a previous podcast you said that when you exited bamboo you celebrated by going to paris for a week with your girlfriend so <laughs> you've traveled you, you you've traveled before i'm curious to know i'm a lover in, in in traveling as well when covid lifts what's the first city you're going to between it's so it, it's 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 what i it's it's kind of after being locked away for nearly two years now at this point it's like what do i what yeah. do i want to do what i want do i want to go to a city or do i want to go get some sun um, i'll phase. probably i'll probably go somewhere as, as soon as possible i can get some sun so whether that is like i don't know if i don't care where that is if that's spain if that's portugal if that's bloody anywhere that's uh in, in, in if that's in the mediterranean or whatever it is i, I will probably I'll, I'll, I'll try and do that as soon, and, and try out a bit of a, like a week or something like that because i actually haven't done that in years of actually going on a sun holiday everything has been cities i love cities yeah. um i think i think cities are a little bit more uh you can do them on weekends you can't really Agreed. stop and they're not really holidays even they're just more of experiences um but actually stopping and trying to take a break and trying to and trying and trying to decompress i haven't done that in years so i think that'd be very nice to do uh, once things lift and be able to go off to a nice sunny destination agreed agreed you you mentioned the kind of beginnings of bamboo started with a daily text between you and what was a previous client of yours who owned a, a coffee shop so you you obviously like coffee what's your favorite type of coffee my favorite type of coffee would be in terms of the type that I would drink most, it'd be um it started off as a, a milky flat white or sorry, a milky uh, latte. That was like the first coffee I'd introduced to because it was just the easiest to drink. Um then I started getting into trying to make stronger coffee. So I was like, I would like, well, go to a flat white because it's a little bit stronger a milky coffee, it's easier to drink. And then I was just like, okay, well the milk is actually better when it's a bit sweeter. So I drink Oat milk flat whites. I don't know, mate, and this is me overthinking it. It's very simple. I, I just like drinking oat milk flat whites, or I'll have a black coffee as well, either one or the other. Um, I have a little coffee machine in my in my in my kitchen as well, a little like Sage Barista Express, where I actually buy the beans. So I'm getting a bit oh, more cool. into the, the the taste of the beans that you get and where they're from yeah. and the different uh, the different mixes they have and the and and, and the roasts and like how they're they're roasted differently. It's a light roast or a dark roast. Um, so I have no subscriptions. So what I just do, like when I run out of coffee, I like I, I, I just look around. I follow all these different Instagram accounts. You've had James on your podcast. He's probably yeah. cringing at me, thinking like, Jesus, he's got to know a little bit more. I should probably speak to James a bit more about this. But yeah, uh, I would just go and find who's doing something interesting, who's got a very well renowned, uh, who's got a very well renowned brand or a very well renowned or, or very well renowned coffee, and I'll go and I'll order it online and and, and taste it. Um, I recently, because uh, where we were in, in, in the Bamboo office, I was at the IFSC and our, like our daily coffee was always in Coffee Angel and we got on very, very well with the Coffee Angel staff. Um, I missed it so much. I was like, okay, I'm just going to go online. I'm going to order uh, loads of bags of Coffee Angel. And the experience I had with that, and also the coffee is amazing, the experience I had with that, I ordered online at like seven o'clock on a, on, a, on a Thursday evening or something like that. And I arrived the Friday morning at 10 a.m. I was like, they have taken the level of uh a level of experience they had in in their in their stores which was incredible um everything from the coffee to the staff to just how quickly they were able to pump them out um and the interior and everything to online just be able to execute so well so i was like jesus christ okay i might actually just set up a subscription with the coffee angel guys and just get just fuel myself on coffee angel do you remember your first coffee that 
hit the moment you were like, I like this stuff. I don't. I actually don't. I think it probably was forced into me. Probably like I was I was probably just working late and someone was like, I'll have a coffee or something like that. And I'll have it. But yeah, I actually don't. Yeah, no, no. Uh, the, the reason why I ask is because I hated coffee for years and I went on a trip to uh, Little Havana in Miami and it was there that on a food tour I paid for, I tried coffee and probably because of the sugar content in a Cuban coffee, I liked it. And then since I've experimented with several coffees, you referenced I had James on and I bought yeah. some of his mushroom coffee. Um. If you Google your name, uh, plenty of things with Bolt, Bamboo, uh, Entrepreneur Awards come up. What's something that you're into that not a lot of people know about? Yeah, I don't know, maybe maybe my sports, this the sports I follow. I follow. I'm a big football fan. I don't like talking about it because I think it's the worst thing you could possibly have is if you follow someone on like Twitter. And you maybe follow them for like their, their thoughts on like all them like retweeting and text and like that. And they start retweeting that oh Chelsea just scored a goal and it's the best night ever we just beat Atletico 3-0 uh, three on aggregate and it was an unreal, unbelievable night at Stanford Bridge I don't think anyone wants to hear that from anyone who follows me so like, these are things that I don't mm-hmm. really talk about publicly but like I, I, I'm a huge Chelsea fan um, mm-hmm. and there's a match on a half one today and they're half yeah, half, half one which I, I can't wait for which is an epic quarter final against Sheffield United that's kind of the things that I, I do in my spare time that's really really sad because I don't have any other real hobbies anymore um, like a football or sorry uh, building businesses has kind of been my hobby it's taken away from the things I used to do which was play football or uh, exercise more and more and uh, and taking and worry about those things as well as, as like I used to as you said I used to mountain bike I had a mountain bike since college because I'd sell my bike to to actually want to build a company so um yeah, those are. I'm really boring. I think then my my life just revolves around what I, what uh, like what I'm actually doing. So right now it revolves around bolts. Um, I think one thing that's helped me a little bit is because all I would do would be would be what I'm would would be what I'm building is the fact that moved in with my girlfriend now. So I I have to disconnect and stop. And I, I like seven o'clock in the day. If I'm not if I'm not like present, like have a dinner or watch a TV, it's it's. I, I will get I will get uh, I will get the, the that look that says like you need to switch off and what are you doing yeah. like well, like why aren't you like, focusing on this on the weekend so I think that's a good thing like that's probably my hobby now if you want to say that it's just you're just trying to I think everyone's hobby right now is nothing but going for walks and getting coffee I don't think anyone can really have hobbies at the moment so yeah, uh, sure. yeah I think everyone has a, is doing the same thing well fingers crossed Chelsea beat Sheffield United today um do you read any books? And if so, are you reading any books at the moment or listening to any podcasts? I listen, I, I listen to, to plenty of podcasts um, and this could be anything from a mix of, of sport podcasts to like help you as you just to disconnect. You don't really have to listen. You can listen passively um, to like business podcasts or like growth podcasts or um, like I do a lot of that. So I listen to like the A16Z podcast quite a bit. I listen to the All In podcast. I listen to the Dave McWilliams yeah. po- McWilliam podcast, that kind of stuff. Um, in terms of books, um, I found it I found it quite hard. I always find it hard to get into a book, reading a book, but I find, I find it quite easy to listen to a book. Um, yeah. I'm getting better at that. I'm getting, I, I'm, I am, uh, I am um, better now at going to bed and actually opening up and, and, and getting a few chapters in on a book. Um, than what I was before. I think I just crash and I just go to bed and I'd be on Instagram as a body sleep. That's kind of what I'm trying to get away from at the moment. I've been reading a book now about um, Naval. He's a guy who found an angelist. Um, okay. It's about kind of building wealth and like making useful, like making use of your time and that kind of stuff. I think that, that thing, it's, it's a really, really good read. Nice. Yeah, I, I always found it difficult to 
read books. What I did was I just set up a group once a month with five or six others. We picked a book yeah. and we read it and we had to talk about it at the end of the month, which kind of held me accountable to reading it. I, did, I didn't want to let other people down. I didn't mind letting myself down, not opening it, but other people, I hate letting them down. Um, okay, Vault, the, the, the current venture you're at, country manager for Vault. 30 seconds on on what Vault is. I, I'm, I'm aware that they announced that they're hiring 130 new jobs earlier this month, but what are the... What what is Vault and what are the future goals of Vault? Because I know they're expanding from just taxi led to e bikes and yep. scooters. Yeah, so Vault um, was founded in I think 20, 2013 by a college student, a guy called Marcus Villig, um, and started in, in Tallinn, Estonia. It was it was, it was the reason it was actually started was because he was out on a night out with his friends, I think, and he couldn't get a taxi home. Um, it, the way it works, you have to go to you have to go to a stand and wait and, and call a taxi. And the uh, and uh, he was like, "There's got to be an easier way." Uh, similar to what happened with Bamboo, where it was like, "Okay, there has to be an easier way." I just want to press a button on my phone. And he he built a prototype, uh, got a product out there, kind of got drivers to use it, and essentially it was it's now become the, the largest mobility platform in Europe since then. Um, so started off with ride hailing, started off with being able to uh, order a taxi, order a private hire car to, to you and, and be able to transact your trip through that, uh, to now being the, probably the third largest micro-mobility provider in Europe. So being able to do that with an e-scooter or an e-bike and also food delivery as well. So there's probably three lines of business. There's the ride hailing, there is micro-mobility and there's the food delivery. Um, obviously ride hailing was, uh, was, was, was where their anchor was, was where most of the business was up until, uh, until last year. Um, thankfully, we had the the, um, the food side of the business and, and the microability side of the business, which is now thrown, gone into gone into such hyper growth. Like the, the food delivery business, the fast growing food delivery business in in, in Europe at the moment, um, and they're investing and they realise how how key microability is going to be. That they're going to be investing a hundred million into e bikes and e scooters in in twenty twenty one. They're going to have one hundred and seventy five cities with bold scooters in it and um yeah that's what we're so in dublin we launched the, the ride heading side of the business and being able to order your taxi from your phone and um, nothing revolutionary there but mm -hmm. we plan on building a kind of a platform for this in, in ireland where you're able to not only order a taxi from your phone but able to jump on a scooter jump on an e-bike um and i think that's kind of something i want to do is i want to really have an impact on, on the infrastructure we have here and be able to walk away from from bolt and at some point and be able to say okay well actually that left the transport uh the way we move around the city or the way we move around in, in our towns uh, you know a far better place so we're able to have all these options whether it's your bike your scooter your car whether it's public transport too um all in one all in one platform when i travel to baltimore probably four or five times a year um in, in the States, one of the things I get excited about most next to the Under Armour flagship store is taking an e-scooter from whatever hotel I'm in to the flagship yeah. store. And I've been to uh, other European cities where there's electric scooters. Is there some law that they couldn't have had them for the last couple of years in Ireland? I'm assuming yeah. that's changing because I noticed that there's another, I'm assuming he's a competitor of yours, but Brian O'Driscoll invested in him as well. Why has it been held up, and and what's how we expect them in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two? Yes, so yeah, they are currently legal. <laughs> scooters are illegal mm -hmm. on the streets right now. They're they're not they're uh, they're not regulated on our on our roads. Um, so if you see someone on the scooter, they're essentially they're not allowed to be doing it. But we do. We've <sighs> seen we've kind of taken a blind eye to it in the recent month. Yeah, and um, previously there was crazy things happening where we're getting dock points for riding a scooter, which is just mad. 
Um, we've mm. been a little bit far behind on this, and uh, now we're starting to see progress. So we've seen um, the, the Eamon Ryan, who's the Minister for Transport, has, has, has come in and said that we're going to be legalising scooters on, the, on Irish roads. And, and he said it was originally going to be 2020. Uh, now it looks like it's going to be 2021. In January, they came out and they approved the draft uh, bill that would essentially uh, legalise these, 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 these devices on roads, finally. Um, and that would mean that for private use, they, they, they will be allowed on Irish roads. Um, what you've probably seen is when we're like one of the last, being one of the last remaining uh, cities in Europe to really go after this and really uh, and, and really and, and really actually legalize them, has turned Ireland and turned Dublin into a uh, a very attractive location for every single scooter company in, in Europe and around the world. Yeah. So there's like 25 companies trying to enter the Irish market now. Wow. Um, we 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 uh, we are obviously uh, planning on on entering the Irish market. We already have a right heading business here. Um, and we are quite experienced in what we do. So we're in, as I said, we're in uh, like 53 cities with, with these scooters um, and the markets we want to go after are, uh, are, are the, the, with the, the extent in which the teams we could hire with 130 jobs be, be created in, in Ireland with our operations teams and our mechanics and our, and our dispatch teams that would roll out scooters in, in each one of these markets. So we're hoping that we see legal, like the legal framework actually put in place uh, this like pr in the next few months, probably before, before the summer recess at the door, it'd be great to see that happen. And then we're already talking to councils about uh, deploying our scooters and the scheme, how those schemes would look um, in your local town, or your local city. Brilliant. Well, look, I thank you for your time today. Wish you with the best and, and hope that you guys dominate the market in that space. And uh, fingers crossed Chelsea beat Sheffield today. <laughs> thank you so much, Rainer. Really, really appreciate it. All right, no worries. Take care, Luke.